and welcome to In My Opinionation, your weekly Blossom Watch Through podcast. Every week, we watch a new episode of the hit 90s sitcom Blossom, and we share our opinionations about it. (laughs) I'm your host, Jen. I am here with Mallory this week. Hey. No Eric this week. He's off doing his good fathering, so Mm -hmm. it's a ladies podcast this week. Girls Day. (laughs) Girls Day. (laughs) So this week we watched season two, episode two. Here comes the buzz. I added the extra Zeds. What a weird title. Weird title. So this aired on September 23rd, 1991. It was written by Bill Richmond and Don Rio. And it was directed by Zane Busby. Zane Busby. (sighs) I, I, I like more echo, but I like your enthusiasm. It's hard with only with only the two of us, but we'll we'll persevere. Yeah, you made it up. So a quick summary for this episode. Nick's control of the Russo household is undermined when his ex-father-in-law returns for Blossom's birthday. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Um, now I just have one little piece of trivia for this one. So you mentioned last week that we see a new name mm-hmm. in the credits. And this is where we meet that person. So the actor is Barnard Hughes as Buzz Richmond. So clearly he's in the credits. So we're going to keep seeing him, but this is his very first appearance. Yes. Did you have anything extra for this? Yeah. So, so I just did like a teensiest bit of research about Bernard Hughes. He was an Emmy and Tony award winning actor. Notable credits to me, at least, included the 1964 version of Hamlet, All in the Family, and Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I did have a weird conspiracy theory. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the new character is named Buzz Richmond. Okay. The writer of this episode is Bill Richmond. And we talked about Bill Richmond all the way back in season one, episode four, when Nick name dropped him. Mm. And we talked about how he had a big writing career. He was a jazz musician. Uh, He wrote on Blossom, obviously. And then the director of this episode is the greatest director of all time, Zane Busby. So I propose (gasps) that the character was named for Zane Busby and Bill Richmond. I love all of that. (laughs) That's amazing. It's it's not confirmed anywhere, but it just makes sense in my brain that we have Buzz Richmond. No, that makes it real like yeah makes it real life yeah that's fantastic so are we ready for a bu- bu- bu breakdown i think we are so i like i need to change it up you need a new one <laughs> no same thing different tone i don't okay. want to get predictable for you guys yeah i think it depends on the tone of the episode so yeah. if it's a more serious episode then maybe it's a bu- bu- bu breakdown but if it's a more silly episode maybe it's a bu- bu- bu breakdown bu- bu- bu breakdown <laughs> <laughs> This is what we're like when Eric's not around. I know it gets a little, just a little bit weirder. (laughs) All right, let's get into this bitch. Yeah. So (laughs) three coffees, my friends. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Don't get weird. (laughs) So (laughs) as we often do, we start this episode with Blossom in six in Blossom's bedroom. We see Blossom opening up gifts. Today is her birthday. Mm -hmm. So she's opening up her gift from Six and Six got her buckshot jeans. Did you do research into this? Because I did too. (laughs) Yep. Less information than I thought there was going to be. It's fairly straightforward. Yeah. I did find an article on an archive website. We can put this link in the show notes and on our Mm -hmm. socials about a guy in Chattanooga, Tennessee, who was, do you found this too? Yeah. We found the same article. Yeah. So it was this guy. I, you know what? It's a really short article. I'm just going to read it because it's really, really short. Yeah. So a young entrepreneur is taking aim at fashion fame with his buckshot peppered jeans. In fact, Sheldon Smith, president of Jensen Smith Inc. said he cannot take or tattered jeans and denim jackets fast enough to fill orders these days. Smith, 24, and his wife, Sabrina, are making their mark on the fashion world by taking perfectly good blue jeans and jackets, hauling them to a nearby shooting range and blasting them with 12 gauge guns. Then after the clothing is suitably holy, it's washed, faded and sold for about $70. And then he talks, you know, it goes on a little bit about that. And then he talks about how, like, he hires college students to just shoot jeans. (laughs) That would be a great job. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, he says around here, practically everybody has a gun anyway. Most of them would do it for nothing. <laughs> but he usually goes to the shooting range himself to supervise and take a few shots. You don't really want a bunch of minimum wage 19 year olds out there with 12 gauges and about a thousand shells running wild. And if anything <laughs> says America, it's that. Right. <laughs> like they could do it, but maybe somebody should be there to supervise. Right. <laughs> Like, I'm surprised that when I Googled this, there weren't any like news stories about teens getting killed by making buckshot jeans and running around like. I know, right? Some dumb dumb wearing the jeans while the other person shoots the whole thing. Yeah, like, it could happen. So I did the inflation on this. So $70 back then is roughly 150 right now. That's a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay that much for jeans. Well, let me ask because... I think this was probably around the time we were both in high school and acid wash in like that really um, rough and tumble distress. There was a wash that just looked like you had been rolling in sand for a few hours. Oh, yeah. The mud wash. It was like brown. So this is what I wanted to ask you, because in the back of like I was always so solidly against getting those straight from the store. Like I was like, if I want to tear up a pair of jeans, I'm just going to go to a thrift store and then get an exacto knife and do the work, which I did do a couple of times. Did you ever get like these pre distressed jeans? Not if I could help it. Like I have a couple of pairs of shorts right now that are pre distressed Mm -hmm. because I like higher rise jeans and shorts and they were the only ones available at the time and they weren't crazily distressed. So I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I remember thinking that it was dumb and I still kind of do think it's dumb to buy jeans that are already wrecked. And I remember like getting holes in my jeans just from wearing them and being like, oh, great. Now I have a hole like fashion. Yeah. But I, I didn't do it myself. I was too afraid that I was just going to like really fuck up the jeans. And yeah, I wasn't that crafty. (laughs) It was like $2 to get jeans back then. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah, I always, it's interesting. And some of the washes are cool, but I do remember there was a time when I was around maybe 14, 15, like Mm -hmm. you almost couldn't buy a pair of jeans without some like wacky wash on it that just looked like you haven't taken care of your clothing, you know? Yeah. I think all of my jeans, because it was all I could get for a while were the ones that like had the like faded wrinkles, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. It it looks like, like the wear on it. Yeah. Yeah. I know which ones you're talking about. And bell bottoms. You remember bell bottoms? Oh, hell yeah. I would still (laughs) wear bell bottoms. They're coming back. I've I've heard that they're coming back. I don't know that I will wear them, but I will support you wearing them. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Thanks, friend. (laughs) Fashion's weird and I love it. Right. (laughs) So yeah, Six gets her these buckshot jeans. Blossom's super excited. She's always wanted them, even though clearly now we know they've only been out for like a year. Yeah. So she also shows off this cool watch that her dad got her by getting six to ask her the time. And she looks at the time in the daylight and it's 2.15 and she goes, ask me again in the dark. (laughs) She goes, okay, what time is it in the dark? And Blossom like sticks her hand up her shirt because she has like one of those glow in the dark watches goes, it's still 2.15. It's it's a cute little bit. It's cute. And this is the watch that she has in the last episode when she's making out with uh, Jimmy. I was wondering the timeline on that a little bit, but I decided not to get hung up on it these two episodes were just flipped Uh, yeah yeah so I I decided not to make too big a thing of it but I did notice that as well yeah (laughs) (laughs) so six notices this unopened gift and we find out it's from Blossom's mom and Blossom explains that she didn't want to open it in front of her dad because she doesn't want kind of the good feelings about her mom to get mixed up in her dad's negative feelings so she's like I'm just not even gonna open it in front of him Mm -hmm. which is super valid yeah and I did feel for her a little bit in that moment like having to separate those two lives so much Mm -hmm. that you can't even open (laughs) a present you know and maybe you can yeah um I I generally have no problem talking about things that are my story to tell I don't know how much is my story to tell and other people's in my life story to tell. So I don't want to get too much into like my personal experience with this specific episode anyways. Um, But I do, I would think for any child of divorce, especially older children of divorce, that that is something that you come to terms with. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's something that a kid should have to think about how their parent feels about their other parent or their other grandparent or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I I do think it's a reality, unfortunately, for a lot of kids. Yeah, I just 
I, I felt the same way. Like it felt very real her saying that. Yeah. So I did like that. That's sort of, they put the nugget right at the beginning of the episode, you know, in, yeah. a, in a relatively subtle way. Well, that, yeah. So we'll, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it, but this was one of the things that stuck out to me because this is almost said like a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not a big deal made about it. It's not like a whole like big plot point, but it does circle back and tie in really nicely at the end. Yeah. It was a nice bit of writing for sure. Yeah. So she says that. And then I mean, right from the get in the scene, we notice this big ass bucket hat that uh-huh. Six is wearing, but they don't talk about it till this moment. Well, then we can't see her hair either. Like normally she's wearing a hat and you can see her hair, but we can't see yeah, her hair. Yeah, exactly. So Blossom's like, oh, can I like borrow your hat? I guess she wants to put it on with like this outfit and see yeah. how it looks. And Six is very much like, no. Yeah, which is odd. You know, they they establish a bit in last season and and as the series goes on they establish that they basically just share their closets like there's yeah it's not weird for them to just be like hey give me your hat i want to try it on it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a normal thing for them so for six to say no is like bizarre right so finally she's like okay she takes off the hat and she just has this like wild tight perm red hair but it is very much like it's not a natural red it's no like crayon almost ready orange so there's this big reveal and she's like well the lady at the store who presumably she just did this herself yeah. the lady at the store said if i left this on for 30 minutes i would look like julia roberts but she left it on for 60 minutes and now she looks like little orphan annie no i i wanted to talk about this wig yep yeah <laughs> So the impression that we get from what she says is that it's one product, right? She says, leave it on for 30 minutes, not like do the dye and then the perm, right? Yeah. So the impression that we're supposed to get as the audience, I think, is that this is her natural hair that's been dyed and nothing else, which doesn't make sense. We've seen that her hair is kind of like wavy before, like Mm -hmm. the kind of look of like a big crimper or like if you slept in braids, but we've never seen her hair be ringlet curly. So- that doesn't track for me. Yeah. And then also the wig is just a terrible wig. It's very clearly a wig. Oh yeah. You can tell with wigs when the way it's styled, they're still trying to do like the half pony up like Six always does. You can tell if a wig is good or bad by if you can lift any degree of hair up. Yeah. Because you can instantly see that lifted hairline off from your forehead. Yeah. It's clearly not a lace front. Like there's nothing. No. It's it's like, and the hair is that shiny fake hair look. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't look like natural hair. I just, I don't, where did they get this wig? Why did they get this wig? Like what? <laughs> it was packed into storage somewhere on the lot for sure. Right? Yeah. I also think as a society, and this is because of like drag race and all of that, we, we are much more knowledgeable about wigs than we used to be between oh, yeah. like drag queen culture, cosplay becoming more popular. Like we just know more, like we're way more discerning about wigs now than yeah. we used to be. Like, could they not have at least got a wig that was like wavy? I feel like they just dug through what, I don't know, the production company had in their storage and was like, close enough. Like they didn't even bother to find a specific wig that matched mm-hmm. Jenna Vonoy's hair type. I think they had the Annie joke and worked back from it. Yeah. And that's how we got this wig. Okay. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. For the style of it is they just wanted that joke in there and that's how they had to do it. But yeah, it was extremely jarring. And I think we also have to talk about the way that she describes this boxed hair dye working is not at all how box hair dye works. Six has brown hair. She would have had to bleach mm-hmm. her hair first. Yeah. And then put a red dye on top. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't. There's no way that just putting red dye on her brown hair would ever result in this color. <laughs> no, I know. But sitcom. TV logic. TV logic. Yeah. <laughs> so we get this little orphan Annie joke. We hear Joey call from downstairs. Um, he's calling six. Oh, we need your help downstairs. Blossom's like, they just need to do the cake and ice cream bit. Just go downstairs. It's not a big deal. Six really is leaning into this, like just being in love with Joey thing yeah. more and more as the episodes go on. So she makes this joke about, well, he maybe he just really wants me and then runs downstairs. <laughs> I understand that they now share this as a joke. But there's still like just enough realness to it. Like 
I wouldn't go up to you and be like, so I'm like super into your brother, but for real, you know what I mean? Like, even if I was, well, but you were also in our thirties. <laughs> no, I know, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would feel so awkward if I was legitimately into, I don't know. Yeah. And they also like, they really set up Blossom and Six to have been like best friends from birth, like that they're, mm-hmm. they're basically sisters, which means that she would have known Joey this entire time too. So yeah. that makes it kind of weird that it's like someone who's basically your brother, you have a crush on. And like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little icky. Again, it's like a very sick comedy, easy thing. It's an easy joke to make. It could potentially be an easy relationship to explore. I just yeah. find it icky. Yeah. <laughs> so we jump downstairs. The boys are preparing the cake and ice cream. Nick compliments Joey for this like Emily Dickinson book that he gets for Blossom. It's such a great gift. She loves that author. Fucking Joey says that, well, yeah, it was like either the book or a machine to make her boobs bigger. Why is Joey so obsessed with the size of his sister's boobs? This is like the fourth time. That is your sister, sir. That is your sister. Like from the beginning of this series to now, like so many times has he commented on the size of her boobs. It's weird. It's so weird. And it's a one-off. He like walks away and Nick isn't like, hey, creeper. That's your sister. Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. (laughs) So he does this like weird ass one-off line six starts following joey around and helping him as nick calls for tony to take the cake into the living room at this point we notice there's this woman we've never met before hanging out with tony mm-hmm. and we see this exchange of he, of nick going no tony the boy yeah they're both named tony <laughs> they're both named tony which is kind of cute yeah so tony goes no tony the boy go get the cake bring it out call your sister down Now, I did a teensy bit of research into the woman who plays Girl Tony. Mm -hmm. So she's played by Tisha Campbell, who was a guest star on a bunch of stuff in the 90s, um, including Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And as soon as I saw that, I knew exactly what episode. Did you watch Fresh Prince? Yeah. And I thought I recognized your face. So tell me what episode. It's the episode where Will and his date, I don't don't remember if she's his girlfriend or just his date, but they get stuck in the basement after an earthquake. And there's that bit where like she pulls her ponytail off. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. This is her. (laughs) That's fantastic. Such a good episode. (laughs) Yeah. I knew I recognized your face, but yeah, I'm so glad you looked that up. And then her recent credits include Carol on Last Man Standing, Dr. Davis on The Bold and the Beautiful, and the the voice of Tawny Young on the Harley Quinn animated series. Okay, cool. I'm glad you looked that up because I was wondering. Yeah. So we have girl Tony, who is clearly comfortable enough with the family to be here during a birthday, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She's in a couple episodes. I don't know if it was something they were trying and then decided not to continue with, but Mm -hmm. I I did like her as a character. I wish she stuck around longer. Yeah, she brought something kind of different. It was nice to see another girl in the mix that wasn't six she was just very she seemed very level just from this episode i've seen from her you know yeah. like and also diversity <laughs> and diversity you know in the 90s yeah would have thought <laughs> so girl tony looks out the window and she says to nick um so there's an old man peeing in your rose bushes outside nick instantly knows who this is he goes oh yeah that's buzz he's my ex-wife's dad he shows up every once in a while to corrupt his kids and basically make a mess of things. Yep. So he must have shown up for Blossom's birthday. So he tells Tony, go answer the door. Maybe he'll think that we've moved. <laughs> Which she answers the door and immediately says, hi, Buzz. So like, there's that plan ruined. I, I don't think she took Nick seriously. I would have. I, I, yeah, she, she should have, but she, she should have. She opens the door and goes, hi, Buzz. He goes, oh, who are you? She goes, I'm Tony. And he goes, oh, well, I I heard you were making some changes, but I didn't think they were that big because lol, trans humor, gross. Yeah, (laughs) showing its age. Also, Buzz as a character is just kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, I think they did partly they did the joke to set up the character for who he was, which is sort of an Archie bunkerish mm-hmm. old man in the night, you know, so the joke definitely sets that up. But it was just like, a, I definitely cringed. Yeah, it's it's cringy. I, I will say that it didn't read as him being like grossed out or like no, weirded no, out no. by it, which I think is 
somewhat progressive for the time. Like it was mm-hmm. just a, like, oh, that's new. But it, it wasn't a joke that needed to be made at all. No, not at all. So then he walks in and we can we're like, okay, so he clearly doesn't recognize his own grandchildren because he goes up to six and goes, oh, hey, Blossom, happy birthday. And there's this whole wordplay thing with, oh, there's two Tonys and there's another Blossom upstairs, but you said your name was six. It's very like vaudevillian. Yeah, she says I'm six and he says you're you're big for your age. Like, yeah, it's the who's on first routine, right? Uh, Yeah, exactly. It's a little different than the kind of thing we usually see, but it's buzz. It's buzz. So it kind of goes into his character a little bit. Yeah. The moment I loved is they're doing this whole who's on first thing with the names and six goes, no, there's not two blossoms. Blossom is upstairs. My name is six. And buzz goes, oh, six. What kind of a name is that? (laughs) Six is like, oh, I don't know. Buzz and walks away. And I was like, yes, I I love that success. (laughs) Go off. (laughs) I don't like this guy. (laughs) I don't know. So as Nick enters, Nick enters and kind of Blossom enters at the same time. Buzz starts handing out gifts to these kids, which is Mm -hmm. literally just finding accessories. Like he clearly didn't bring anything. He's just like, Oh, here's a watch that's on my wrist. Happy birthday. Here's like a hat. Happy birthday. Like he didn't bring anything. But it also in giving the watch to Blossom, he completely like disregards her dad's gift. Right. He's like, take off that, that piece of junk that you're wearing. And she's like, well, no, like this was from my dad. Like I really like it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's not very tactful. No, not at all. So Nick enters, he sees Buzz doing all this shitty gift giving. He's like, oh, you don't have anything for me. And they very clearly have a bad relationship. Yeah. It's just awkward. And the scene does cut off right there. Like we Mm -hmm. don't see anything else. It just cuts off. But then we see the next day, Buzz visits again. Joey lets him in, kind of comments, oh, two days in a row. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time that happened. Yep. And then Buzz goes, oh, well, I know when it happened. It was Christmas 1983 and it only happened because I missed my plane. Great grandfathering. Yep. (laughs) So he's very clearly come back to get back his fake gift that he's given to all the kids, which is just his own articles of clothing. Yeah. So he had given Joey this money clip. He's like, oh, I need to I need to get the money clip back and like get it polished or whatever bullshit reason he gives. Right. He's like, well, I brought this for you instead. And it's 1950s porno mags. Grandfathering. Just, uh, just, oh, no, no. Just standing there with his 16-year-old grandson looking at the centerfolds of these like old-timey porno mags and Buzz is like pointing out the girls he's banged in it like a fucking weirdo. This, this B story is so weird and awkward and I don't like it. (laughs) It's not good. No. (laughs) It's got the icks. Yeah. So they go down this road and Buzz is telling all these stories. Oh, this girl, like she's a librarian now. (laughs) And then asks his 16 year old grandson, when did when did he lose his virginity? Because we're talking yep. about it. Of course, figures out that Joey is a virgin still and goes, oh, well, I'm playing this jazz club tonight. You should totally come and lose your virginity is the implication. I, yeah, I uh, the, Buzz goes, oh, it can <laughs> totally work out for you because my first I met at a jazz club. And then we start to hear about this woman, this infamous woman. Her name is Harriet Hilton. She was a tall blonde, a pianist. Really long legs, which keeps being a sticking point because why not? And this woman was amazing and she was an older woman and that was grandpa's first time because that's what we all want to know. I I can't imagine having like this conversation with any sort of like adult in my life Ever. when I was a kid, you know, like, like that's so weird. I don't want to have this conversation with an adult in my life now. Right. <laughs> well, we are adults. So, um, but like parents, grandparents, like I, I think there, there are ways to have like the sex talk, you know, explain that like sex isn't inherently a bad thing and like all of that stuff, but I don't need to know the details. Yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. <sighs> So at this point, he tells his story about Harriet. Blossom comes in. Buzz kind of pulls the same thing. He's like, oh, well, I got to take that watch back and get the band expanded. 
And then just like takes the hat off his head. He's like, but here, have this hat instead. It was Dizzy Gillespie's. Whether or not this is real, we don't know. Yeah. So do you think, because he said the watch was was someone's too. Do you think that this is all true or do you think he's just making it up? I was kind of wondering that as the episode went on because he is a jazz musician. Clearly it's understood that he has met people like nobody seems to question that part of it so i think it might be like a 50 50 situation Mm -hmm. like some of the stuff he says might be true but like he also bullshit some of it to sound cooler and do you think blossom believes it because i can't quite tell by her reactions if she actually believes it or if she's humoring him i think even if it's like a deep down maybe doesn't like she wants to believe it so hard Cause that's like a connection she can make with him. And she thinks it's cool. Like she's trying to find any trait about her grandfather that makes him admirable, you know? And if that's going to be the thing that does it, then she's going to take it. Yeah. So she gets this apparently dizzy Gillespie hat and Blossom asks if grandpa's planning to stick around and Buzz is immediately like, Nope, going to New York, not the sticking around type, which he actually says to his own family member. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Tony enters, grabs a coffee and Buzz asks about girl Tony, to which Anthony says that, you know, just a friend we met in AA seems to be the first good AA girl we've met so far. But also, and I think I guess I should have thought of this in season one. The second A stands for anonymous. Was it Anthony's place to tell Buzz that this girl is in AA? Mm. Like, it's my understanding that you're not supposed to do that. I don't know. Is Buzz ever going to talk to her again? I don't know. I don't know. But I think I think just generally, like, you're not supposed to, like, out other people. Unless they were good enough friends. Like, she was clearly there for a personal family birthday. Like, maybe she was close enough with the family at this point that... Yeah, I, I guess it's conceivable that, like, she had told the family or, you know. Yeah. We find out that he met her in AA. Yeah. This exchange I did find a little bit funny. So, because... He knows her from AA and they're just friends. Buzz has a line, what? No drinking, no sex. What do you do together? And Tony's response <laughs> is, we talk about drinking and having sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I, I think about me and my friends at that age and like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. I mean, my friends now, that tracks. <laughs> Finally, Nick joins them in the kitchen, immediately asks if Buzz is leaving. Mm-hmm. Blossom says, You know, he is, but I'd like it if he stuck around for a while. And then Nick just drops, oh, the hottest burn. Yeah. And he goes, he's never going to stick around because leaving the family is an old Richmond tradition. It's, it's a, it's a good burn. I, I don't think Nick or Buzz really behave appropriately. Like if it was just the two of them in the room, it'd be like, oh yeah, sick burn. But like, I don't think either of them behave appropriately for the children in this episode, you know, like they're so wrapped up in their own, like dislike for each other. And this is the, you know, we've seen kind of Nick butting heads with the kid's mom when he kicks Tony out, right? Like she's, he's on the phone with her, but we don't see him being so like outwardly snide about her to the kids. And this episode, he's very, very like snarky and, you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, we see this family being so close and being able to say so much to each other. And we can see the good benefits of that. We have seen how it's helped them. Yeah. But we can also see how it hurts them. Like they all feel like whether it's positive or negative, they kind of have this carte blanche to just like have all their feelings all over the place Yeah. without really thinking about it. I feel like just the family as a whole has set that precedent for each other. And we're seeing how that isn't always the best thing. Yeah. So it was a, a sick, sick burn, but it was totally inappropriate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we cut to later in the day. So the two boys, the sibling boys are in the living room. Joey is telling Tony the story about Harriet Hilton, just because why not let everybody know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> when Nick enters the room. And then Joey asks Nick, how old was he when he lost his virginity? Well, it's a hypothetical question. (laughs) To which Nick is like, that's not a hypothetical question. That's like a point blank question and also a personal question. Yeah. And then immediately to proceeds to tell them anyway. Yeah. Joey just stands there waiting for an answer. So he just. I know. Like it's the most Nick is being so childish because he's like, no, it's personal. I'm your father. No. Until Tony's like, that's probably because it didn't go well. And Nick is instantly like, no, it went great. 
great. I'm going to tell you about it. Right? It's like boys in the locker room being like, yeah, you couldn't get it up. No, I totally could. And then he lives in Canada. You wouldn't know. Her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he has to instantly prove his manhood to his teenage sons like right yeah all right whatever yeah so he starts telling the story it was when he was in his first band he was playing a gig and he starts talking about this tall blonde with long legs named harriet hilton oh no (laughs) and immediately as that name drops buzz enters and there's this like weird awkward banter as the boys are like trying to now hide the fact that they know and change the subject (laughs) yeah this is when nick learns that buzz is planning to take these guys out to a jazz club they're getting up and just like getting ready to go of course nick hates this idea for several reasons joey's 16 joey's 16 anthony is a recovering alcoholic let's take the kids to a jazz club it'll be fine the boys are still standing at the door kind of waiting to go maybe not go blossom comes down and reminds buzz about the breakfast date the next day so nick has seen all the kids making plans with his grandfather that he really doesn't like and trust and nick kind of has one of his classic nick snaps moments yeah not that he's i don't think he's wrong this time i actually think he's right this time yeah but he steps in to say no the boys aren't going out like that's psychotic they're children yeah and buzz starts (laughs) doing this like he starts ragging on nick and being like oh well only if the warden says that you can like just being shitty yeah oh yeah like completely undermining nick's authority acting like a child and i was so disappointed to see it nick again concedes like somebody makes fun of him for a half second Mm-hmm. Like, well, fine, I guess you can go then. I don't know. It was just, it was weird to see Nick in particular, who is particularly stubborn as a human to like be called a warden and take back what he said. Yeah. So there's something about Buzz that just makes Nick like retract, right? Yeah. So he says, fine, the boys leave. Nick is clearly upset. Blossom's still there. And she says, don't worry about it, dad. It's not like he's going to be around forever. Which is a line I don't like. Yeah, I think the intention is to be like, dad, lighten up. We don't have much time with him. He's, you know, he's an old man. Like we want to spend as much time with our grandpa as we can before that's not an option anymore. But the way it's delivered is like, don't worry, dad, he won't be in your life for long because he gonna die. Like, it's just really. Also, it's just like, because Blossom's clearly getting something out of this relationship right now, too, or thinks she will if he sticks around. And the idea, whether it was supposed to be a joke or not, like saying he's not going to be around forever is like not an excuse no, for shitty behavior. Like no. just let him keep being a terrible person. He's going to die soon. Yeah. Like, there's so much of that in this culture right now of people not wanting to update the terminology in the brains or kind of change their thinking and be like, well, back when I was 20 in 1960, this is the way it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that, but that's not an excuse for you to be. That's not how life works. We don't no. like, we don't get somewhere and then stop. Like we're constantly learning and evolving and growing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To use the excuse like, oh, like it was OK in her day or like whatever is it's not a valid excuse. It's not. No. You know, like that's great that that's how it was in your day. Too bad we're now in 2021. Yeah. It reminded me of, and my grandfather was an absolutely lovely person. He, he was a little, he was a little bit of a sassy grandpa, but like he had a very pure heart and would help anybody with anything. But it reminded me of anytime he wanted to do something and like the doctor would ever would be like, well, you know, you should take care of yourself. He'd always be like, well, fuck, I'm going to die soon. Like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So so in that respect, there's the like seize the cheeseburger, right? Seize the cheeseburger. Yeah. yeah. But seize the cheeseburger doesn't mean like hold on to your old racist terminology. Yeah, right. Or like homophobic terminology, <laughs> no. right? Like that's different. Yeah. So he's not going to be around forever. I'm like, I know they're trying to play it like the way my grandpa used to say it. Yeah. But that's not how it's coming across. No, just didn't. It just didn't translate the way. Yeah. So that's a really kind of tense, heavy scene. Mm-hmm. And then we jump into Blossom and Six hanging out in their bedroom. We actually see Blossom playing the guitar for the first time. Yeah, it's kind of random, but that's okay. <laughs> I take back what I said before about she doesn't even play guitar. Why is that there? Yeah. <laughs> 
So Six enters in just the wildest outfit that we'll get into at the end of the episode. Okay, good. (laughs) I don't know if you had notes about it, but I will do it for my outfit of the week. So Six enters and she starts talking about how she's not saying Buzz is great, but at least he's interesting. Yeah. Like he's a traveling jazz musician. Her grandpa sits around and picks lint off his sweaters. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not like condoning him, but she's saying at least he's like a cool guy to talk to. And then they get into this weird conversation about Blossom says like he might be interesting, but, you know, I don't expect him to stick around because he's a musician and that's just what musicians do or whatever. And they get into this comparison of musicians always leave. Yeah. So it's like Buzz always leaves, but Nick stuck around, Mm -hmm. but her mom always leaves. So it's I don't know. I feel like the conversation doesn't go anywhere. There's no resolution on that. No, I'm not there, sure. Yeah, there isn't. It's it's a weird, it's a very short scene. I think it's one of the shortest scenes that mm-hmm. we've had so far in the series. And it's it's mostly Blossom. Yeah, like you said, Six is like, well, you have to expect that like this is what he's going to be like because he's a musician. Yeah. But Blossom knows that musicians can stick around because her dad did it. So that's not really an excuse, right? Just being yeah. a musician doesn't mean you have to just disappear. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and then she gets into like, you know, wishing that she had a, nor- a quote unquote normal family where the dad works nine to five and the mom's baking cookies and stuff. And you mean like the fake pilot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's it's. I, I don't think she would be happy with that, though. You know, Like knowing Blossom oh. and like who she is, I think it's really easy to want what you don't have. Yeah. And yeah, it is tough for her because of the way that the adults in her life are behaving at the current moment. Mm-hmm. But I think she would be bored if she had a so-called normal family. Yeah, definitely. But just because there's tension right now, it's, yeah. you know, grass is greener. Yeah. I will say this is kind of left of center of what is happening in this scene, but I appreciated the wordplay. And I'm like, why is the audience not laughing? Because they're talking about musicians and who leaves and who stays. Mm -hmm. So they're like, your grandpa goes, your dad stays, your mom goes, what does your grandma do? She was a travel agent. Yeah. But presumably she stayed as a travel agent. Yeah. And I don't, I thought that was funny. She was the one <laughs> arranging all of their disappearances. Yeah. Or you would think like a travel agent needs to travel to know what the hell they're talking about. But somehow she stayed. Yeah. It was a nice little like comedic break in there. Yeah. Yeah. We move on. This is the next day. So we have the two sibling boys again and they're like sitting there and Tony has like a notepad. He's been like doing math or whatever because they're trying to work out this Harriet Hilton situation. So they're figuring if Buzz had sex with Harriet when she was 18 and then Nick had sex with her however many years later, that would have made her 47. And then they go, I wonder what she did with all of those years in between. (laughs) Maybe traveling around being people's first. Can you imagine? (laughs) I have a note saying, what a disappointing life that would be. (laughs) Just like a lot of pats on the head being like, good job, champ. You really really gave it your all there. Oh my God. (laughs) So of course, then Joey goes, well, then what would... How old would that make her now if it were for me? Clearly, she would be a very old lady at this point. Yes, yes. Joey terms it as Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, she'd be the old lady from the end of Titanic. <laughs> yeah, dropping the jewel into the ocean. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> so they're having this really, like, they've really been thinking about this hard. So Nick comes in and Joey starts recounting how great last night was. And it was so good. He feels like he's hungover, even though he's never had a hangover before. And he was just sitting with all of these babes and like all these hot women, blah, blah, blah. So of course, Nick is entirely upset. Well, yeah, his 16 year old was sitting at a bar. Yeah. Picking up, well, attempting to pick up adult women. Like, I don't, So at this exact moment, as Nick is getting riled up again, Blossom walks in saying, look, here are my winnings. Winnings from what? We find out Buzz took her to a track and Buzz is right there behind her. Nick loses his goddamn mind, which understandable. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you felt. I felt he was totally justified and oh oh yeah his response. I, yeah I think his response was justified as we get to the end of the scene I don't think that it was appropriate where or how he dealt with it 
No, no, yeah. again. But I I think by this scene, there's just been so much tension that like he almost can't stop himself. Well, and and both but like Buzz says some really nasty things here too. Mm-hmm. Really nasty things. Oh, Buzz is an asshole and I yeah. hate him. Yeah. So of course Nick is like, what the hell? You're taking my kids out to the track to bet or like places with these older women and you take my recovering son to a place surrounded by alcohol like what Mm -hmm. the hell are you doing like you're ruining what I'm trying to do here I'm trying to raise these kids because your daughter left them and I'm stuck trying to do the right thing all on my own yeah let's make this offhand comment about Nick being the reason his kids are driven to drinking. Like uh, if having you as a father doesn't drive Tony to drink, nothing will. That, yeah. And and you can hear the audience like there's like a few laughs of people being like, Am I supposed to laugh at this? Is this supposed to be a joke? Like I you, uh, it's 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 oh, it's so so I don't even have another word. It's just really nasty. No. And Buzz is like really digging in and he's saying that he loves the kids and he didn't do anything wrong, which mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here. Just because you love them doesn't mean that the choices you're making for them are the correct ones. Yeah, exactly. Right. And of course, you know, Nick questions Buzz's fathering ability because my wife learned from you and she left her family behind. Yeah, I I I thought that was a little bit nasty on Nick's part. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yes, Buzz was Maddie's dad, is Maddie's dad, and he was traveling a lot, not at home. But those were her choices to walk out on her family. And yeah. I don't I don't know that it's productive or helpful to just be like accusing Buzz of being a terrible father. Whether or not he was is a whole different thing. But if you want yeah. to, to deal with the problem at hand, don't just be throwing out insults, you know? Yeah. So the real kicker to this scene is Buzz saying that it's not his fault that Nick wasn't man enough to hold on to his own wife. And so Nick basically says, I never want you near my family again. I need you to get out of my house. Don't come back here. And then he walks into the kitchen. All the kids are sitting there at the table silent. And the scene ends on them just giving each other this this look. And there's a lot of different things going on in the look with each and every one of them. It's mm-hmm. I, I went back and looked at that and just like watched that look because they're all doing something different. Yeah. And it's actually really good acting on all of their parts because there's so much there's just so much behind it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So if you're watching it, I recommend to get the full depth of it. Go watch it a couple watch times. That scene, it's, yeah. It's done really well. So Blossom, doing the Blossom thing, visits Buzz at his hotel. Mm-hmm. Blossom says, yeah, you know what? We heard the argument. Buzz goes, you know, we never got along even before everything started happening with your mom. He and Nick just never saw eye to eye. And you know what? It They did mean everything that they said to one another. And maybe Nick was right. I don't know if that was supposed to be a redeeming quality for this guy or I what. I don't but, know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't like this character. <laughs> no, me neither. Blossom is trying to convince him to stay. But Buzz is saying, I'm a 70-year-old jazz musician. This is all I've ever done. This is all I ever know. And he doesn't like the idea of quitting. As Blossom goes to leave, Buzz notices the vest that she's wearing. It ends up that this is the gift that she got from her mother. Yeah. And Buzz is like, oh, I gave your mom that vest when she was 15. And apparently this is another story. He won it in a poker game from Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we don't know whether this is true, but clearly no, the mom so. thought that as well. Or or if she didn't, she still passed along the story because it's a fun yeah. story, you know? Exactly. So, you know, Blossom says he has all of these amazing stories. She can understand why he loves being on the road so much. So this part, he says, I actually understand because before we were all stuck in our houses, I did have to travel quite a bit for my job to a few different places, but it was like every few months I was traveling and he's talking about, it's also exciting when you start and he uses Chicago as, as the example, you're like, Oh, Chicago. And then the next time you're like, Oh, Chicago. And then the next time you're like, oh, Chicago. Yeah, it gets less and less exciting with each time. Yeah. And even if you happen to like the work around it or the city itself, like I I've worked out of, you know, the Maritimes, which is absolutely beautiful in Canada. I've gotten to go to Ottawa. I've gotten to go a lot of cool places. Yeah. But when you're doing it for work, even if you like it, it does lose a bit of luster. So this was like the one point in the whole episode where I was like, oh, no, I kind of understand what he's talking about. (laughs) 
Like, I really don't want to identify with this man, but yeah, I you do. It. <laughs> but it's okay because those warm fuzzies were immediately ruined because some random woman called Linda runs out yep. in, a, in a bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Looking for her sexy lifeguard. Yeah, so that ruined that good moment. So yeah. good job. <laughs> <laughs> and like Blossom is so unfazed by this. Mm-hmm. I thought was weird. Well, yeah, especially since last season when she found out that her dad had a one night stand and her mind was just like completely blown. Yeah. But now it's like a regular thing and a known thing that grandpa has all of his ladies. Like that's super weird. (laughs) So Blossom does this sad walk towards the door. She's finally just accepting things. She's going to leave. Buzz says, don't worry. We'll keep in touch. I'll send you postcards. Blossom says, it's okay. I don't want postcards between you and mom. I have more than enough. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking, right? Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't, she doesn't want postcards from these fancy places. She wants the relationship. She wants the person. You know, Blossom puts on some blinders throughout this episode, but I really liked that moment for her because she's just being straight with people. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think even if she recognizes that her grandfather is not awesome, she's like, well, maybe if I got to know him, not that she could change him, but. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting moment because she kind of asks him to stick around and he's like nah that's not really me and she doesn't she doesn't seem surprised or like more upset about it Mm -hmm. like she does her blossom thing of like oh maybe i can fix the situation but then when he's like no she's like well i tried i guess you know it's not Mm -hmm. she's not crushed by it she's she's kind of expecting it yeah Exactly. And that makes it sadder. Yeah. And, but I also was like, even though that line at the end is kind of heartbreaking, it's also very strong of her, I guess. Like she's, she's setting a a boundary, right? Like she's setting a clear boundary of like, I don't need the postcards. I I'm okay with you coming and going. Cause there's nothing I can do about it. Mm -hmm. That's who you are, but that's, that's not going to help. The postcards aren't going to change anything. Yeah, like you're not doing me any favors yeah. by sending me postcards. Yeah, yeah. no, it was a very, uh, I was very proud of her in that yeah. moment. Yeah. And she made him feel suitably like a trash person, yeah. which he should. He is. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets home from the hotel. Nick's going away on the piano. She comes home, announces to Nick that Buzz is officially leaving because he doesn't feel welcome, which is clearly not the reason, but I think she's trying to make a point. Yeah. Nick says, you know what? Good riddance. And then we find out that he and Buzz actually knew each other before he even started dating her mom, which I don't think they ever said through the rest of the episode. No, this is the first time that we we learned that. And I really wish they had said that beforehand because that mm. to me changed the entire scope of their relationship because if he and Buzz knew each other before and they didn't like each other and then Nick starts dating his daughter. Yeah. That informs so so much much of why they hate each other. So that I thought was really a missed thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So Nick says good riddance because they've always hated each other and he doesn't want that hate to affect the kids, which is what it's been doing. And Blossom says that, like, you think this is some insular thing you and grandpa are having, but the past few days have been affecting us. Yeah. And she chooses that moment to talk about the vest. Mm -hmm. Even like the moments where where Nick thinks that he's not being a dick to buzz in front of the kids, but he's saying really snarky things with a smile, right? Like it's almost like he thinks if I'm smiling, when I say, what the hell are you doing here? The kids won't notice that I'm annoyed that he's here. Yeah. And uh, kids pick up. It doesn't matter how old they are. Like your kids pick up on that and Mm -hmm. they will like Blossom says, start to feel bad about having a relationship with that person that you don't like, you know, yeah. like it's, it's really hard for kids to under even adult kids to, to reconcile this person who cares for me and who, you know, who's raising me, who I love very much doesn't like this person. So there mm-hmm. must be a reason for that. And therefore, if I have a good relationship with that person, then like there's something wrong, you know, yeah. and it's not okay. Yeah, exactly. And I think she does, she uses the vest, like mm-hmm. finally tell, to kind of make that point. Yeah. To be like, just so you know, you think that whatever is happening doesn't affect us, but I couldn't even open a gift in front of you for my mom because I didn't want it to upset you. Yep. So I think that's the first thing she says that kind of makes Nick realize that the issue is more than just about him and Buzz. Yes and no, because he like, you know, he says, I understand what you're saying. 
but I'm not the one who's stopping you from having a relationship with your grandpa. It's your grandpa who's doing that. And I, I disagree. I, it's both of them, you know, like Nick's Nick's very noticeable hatred for buzz is putting a stopper in the way of her relationship with her grandfather. Yeah. It's not, it's not all on buzz, even though buzz is an asshole and isn't there. It's not just on him. Yeah, no, for sure. So actually at this pretty much exact time, I think the boys are in the room. The boys come into the room at around this point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a knock at the door. Nick says, no, I'll get it. We get that classic sitcom door gag. Nick opens the door. It's Buzz. He immediately closes it and gets, says, one of you guys get it. Yeah. <laughs> after, after just saying, I'm not the one who's stopping you from seeing your grandpa. He literally yeah. closes a door on the man's face. Like, yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be a funny sitcom moment, but in the context of what he just said, like. It's also very telling. Yeah. So Buzz comes in and he goes, you know what? I was going to leave. I want to try to build a relationship with my grandchildren. So I think I'm going to stick around a little bit longer. Nick has this really fake handshake with him and he does the whole, you better not hurt my kids, which again, valid because this guy has the history of leaving. And then they have this talk about, I don't like you. You don't like me but let's just see how this works for the sake of the kids. Yeah. I forgot to say the kids have walked out at this point because Blossom's like, oh, let's celebrate. There's still yeah. cake. Yeah, yeah. And and Buzz makes that line of like staying together for the children. Yeah. Which isn't isn't relevant because you don't want to stay, like if we're going to compare this to a marriage, you don't want to stay in a bad marriage for the sake of the children because that ends up harming the children because they see this toxic relationship between the parents. Yeah. But I think especially with, with young kids, it's important for as much as possible. In some situations, it's not possible. So I don't want anyone to feel, if you're out there listening, feel bad that this isn't possible for you, but as much as possible to remain amicable, at least in front of your children. And if you have to have an argument of sorts, you make very sure that your children are not just sitting in the other room and can hear it all. You know, like it's, it's really, really important that the kids aren't aren't seeing that because they are going to be affected about it whether or not you want them to be and you think it's possible for them not to be they are going to be affected by it yeah so i mean they say this thing about staying together for the kids but then buzz is like well if we're going to do this i guess we should try to to find something in common so that we cannot hate each other all the time and then of course they're like let's talk about sports and they all like completely different teams so ha 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 that's funny they still hate each other but they find one thing that they have in common. My God. They both prefer blondes. I'm just shaking my head over here. <laughs> oh, in my notes, I just have capital letters going, no, 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 no. <laughs> they both prefer blondes. Actually, their firsts were both blondes, you know, and they start describing this woman and her first name was Harriet. That's so weird. Mine's first name was Harriet. What was her last name? And then we do get this really, really funny sight gag yeah that ends the episode as soon as i think nick says the word hilton and you see buzz's face drop the three kids walk in blossoms holding the cake (laughs) tony and joey hear nick say hilton tony just grabs the top of blossom's head (laughs) spins her around and takes her back into the kitchen and then the credits hit and that's yeah. the end of that's the end of the episode. So they did finish this really, really tense episode with a really, really funny and effective sight gag. Yes. Yes. Like it's a super creepy B story, but the way they finished it worked. The payoff was almost worth it. Almost worth it. It could have been anything else that like. But they had to establish creeper grandpa. Yeah, he's he's adult, quote unquote, smart Joey. Yeah. You know, like he's not a dumb dumb like Joey, but he's just as sex crazed and it's weird and I don't like it. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to finish off the heavy with the lesson of the week or do you want to lighten her up? Yeah, let's do lesson of the week. My lesson was it always affects the children. Mm, That's good. Yeah, I don't I I, we've talked a lot about it, but it, it just it always affects the children, you know, and and that should be the most important thing. Not how you feel about someone, but about how your relationship with that person will affect your child and affect their relationship with that person. And like I said, there are some situations where like, yes, you, you know, you, you can't be amicable with whoever, or it's in the child's best interest to not have a relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. But if you are thinking that there is some way that your kid can have a healthy relationship with the other parent or a grandparent or whoever that you 
viscerally dislike, it's it's not going to happen if you're if you're making those feelings known around that kid. Yeah, that, that's so good. I was so jaded by this whole episode. That mine's <laughs> awful. That yours is excellent. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> so my lesson of the week was. You can always tell when I don't like an episode because <laughs> of the way I word my notes. Okay, what's your lesson of the week? My lesson, I literally wrote, I know it's supposed to be about giving people second chances to make amends, but I don't think they make a good case for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Buzz doesn't prove himself in any way, shape or form in this episode, except for like not leaving, but yeah, that's a but, low bar. Right, and they, I think through Blossom, they keep trying to give him like little nuggets where you're like, maybe... Yeah. But not really. Yeah. No, it's... (laughs) Let's do outfit of the week because that's fun. Okay. What's your outfit? Uh, So I chose Blossom's first outfit. Yeah. So she has this green oversized flowy button down that has what looked like to me, the pattern was black line drawn leaves. I think Mm -hmm. it was. And then she had this sort of lace vest thing over top of it that I couldn't tell if it was like an additional piece or like part of the first shirt but I really liked it. And then under her new buckshot jeans, she has black leggings. So we already discussed, I'm not a huge fan of the like pre-distressed jeans, but I really liked the cut of them. I was like, that's a cut of jeans that I would wear now. Yeah. Like this was a very, like you could see this outfit today and it would be, it would be stylish. Yeah. I will say like, although I personally don't wear super damaged jeans for the most part, the, the little punk girl that's still inside of me loves like, a peekaboo through a ruined jean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I liked that she had leggings underneath. I thought that was yeah, that was it's cool. a very like seventies punk thing, and I'm super into yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'm getting much happier with Blossom's outfits, and that makes me excited. This season is much better than last season. Yeah, and I think her style only gets better. Like I think it only improves. So mine, I already alluded to <laughs> during that uh, scene where Six and Blossom are talking about musicians leaving. Six is wearing the wildest court jester type <laughs> outfit. So I'm I'm going to try to describe this, but honestly, guys, just watch the episode. We'll probably have a screenshot. Yeah, we'll have it on our Instagram. Yeah, she's wearing a headscarf to still hide her red permy hair Mm -hmm. but she has like a stetson on top of the headscarf and the stetson along the brim actually has some really cool um like added felt detailing some 3d detailing which is neat but her shirt is like this court jestery blue and red with like gold filigree trim on it and she's wearing these bright red tights so the first thing i thought of was the character Clopin from The Hunchback. Disney's The Hunchback. He's the court jester with the mask. So literally I was watching it and I was just like, sing the bells of Notre Dame. <laughs> like the first, the moment she walked on, I was like, oh my God, Disney vibes. Which by the way, Hunchback is terrible for a child, but amazing for an adult to watch. All right. I should rewatch it. I haven't watched it since I was a child. It is fully haunting. Okay. Like, Oh, oh my God. So good. Anyways. Yeah. She looks like Clopin. Uh, <laughs> so just, it was a bad outfit, but it was so memorable. I had to choose it. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this is going to be the first time we've agreed in a while, but what is your score for this episode out of five creeper grandpas? I, I had it lower than on the rewatch. I, I upped it. So I have three out of five. Mm-hmm. I don't really like Buzz. I'm not sure that he was a needed addition to the show. I think mm-hmm. the show could have continued fine without this, this new series regular, but I did think this episode was a good representation of how adult relationships always affect the children like I talked about Mm -hmm. and I really liked how that throwaway line at the beginning about her mom's birthday gift came full circle at the end it was a really good setup because it wasn't in your face about like here's the setup for the whole show it was just kind of this throwaway thing but then Mm -hmm. it it did come back and yeah I like that yeah I was lower than you this time oh okay (laughs) I gave it a two Okay. Again, do you want to hear my snarky note about it? Yes, I do. I always do. (laughs) Two out of five. Because Buzz sucks and he's clearly sticking around, but it will take a lot to convince me that he doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like the energy that he is bringing to this family that although normally has conflict, always has conflict, 
how do I word this has conflict in a way where they're always trying to help each other, but they're doing it in the wrong way. Whereas this negative character just swooped in and I feel like is just going to ruin all of that. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think they wanted, I mean, obviously I don't know because it's not documented anywhere on the internet, but it seems like they wanted a foil for Nick. That wasn't the kids. That seems to be what's going on. I, again, I don't think it was necessary. I think they had plenty of story to mine here without adding in weirdo grandpa. Yeah, I just, I feel like, especially as soon as I found out he was a regular, I'm like, they're really going to try to make me like this dude mm-hmm. and I'm not down for it. Yeah. Maybe somewhere down the road it will happen, but it's going to take a lot. That has been our episode this week. We're going to be back next week. You know what I didn't do? Look up the title of next week's episode. Next week is season two, episode three, The Joint. You got me, girl. I always do. I can always trust you. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed this. We will catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye. Creeper Grandpa. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.